0: This is James Hahn II, and you're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast, brought to you by Bulwark. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. This is Episode 88.5 Point .5 episodes are my chance to speak with entrepreneurs, executives and thought leaders from inside and outside the industry to hear their stories. What inspires their work? What culture drives their company? What innovations they're bringing to the oil field? My guest today is Kip Bodner, Chief Marketing Officer at HubSpot. Since its inception in 2006, HubSpot's meteoric growth has been nothing short of staggering. Growing from a scrappy startup with just a few employees and a dream, the company went public in 2014 when it successfully launched a $100 million IPO and subsequently saw its stock double within six months. Now worth an estimated $186.5 million, HubSpot is reaping the benefits of its relentless focus on spreading the adoption of inbound marketing techniques across businesses of all sizes. While HubSpot started focused on teaching the revenue-expanding power of inbound marketing techniques like blogging email list building, social media campaigns and webinars. It has since pushed beyond marketing automation and now even offers a free client relationship management system, a CRM for sales teams, which I've been using for the past year and highly recommend. You might have heard me say in the past that I've never taken a marketing or business class in my life. I'm a self-taught marketer who's been in sales for 17 years. Truth be told, You could argue I got my marketing degree from Humpspot University. I have people like Jay Baer, Marcus Sheridan, Doug Carr, Mark Schaefer, and of course, Kip Bodner to thank for that. He joined me from his office in Boston, Massachusetts to discuss the company's story and what you can do to start driving more website traffic, qualified leads, and closed sales into your business. Why don't I get out of the way here and let you give the uh, the 50,000-foot view for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so, so I'm from HubSpot. We make software that helps businesses grow. So we have a growth stack of software from a free CRM product to tools that help sales people sell better to marketing tools that help you automate your email marketing, attract customers through your website, uh, everything all in one place
0: that helps you do a little bit better in your marketing sales and, and scale your growth efforts. So that's us. Awesome. Well for, for the free for the free tier, I gotta give a shout out for the CRM because I use it every day. And I've used every CRM and it's my favorite. So good well, work I, on y'all. I
1: appreciate that plug. Uh, we're biased. We think it's great, but uh, we think that you know CRM is kind of a, a right. Even you know any business in an industry, if you're going to be successful, you need a, a common place to engage, store all your information and know your engagements with your prospects and your customers. And so uh, it's one of the core reasons we made it free to make sure that everybody had a great tool to, to do that and to help scale their companies.
0: Yeah, when it moved from paid to free, I was very happy about that. So I think I paid I paid for the paid for the beta bill that I'm happy to do so. Um, but so let me take a step back because I told you before we got on that uh, I feel like I have a degree from HubSpot University in marketing and really where y'all got your start is marketing automation and the oil and gas industry a lot of these guys um out here in the field they don't have websites yet even but for the i would say they're not the majority but they're not a they're they're not a small minority either but for the people that are digital and the people that are online can you break down for us what marketing automation is all about
1: yeah so for folks who may be less familiar with with, with marketing software, you know, all of, all of you that are listening have an email account, have a work email account. Uh, you interact with your colleagues on that. You imagine, I imagine you interact with vendors, potential vendors through that account. So, marketing automation at the most basic level are tools that help help marketing people to basically automatically, in an automated, programmatic way, target specific groups of their prospects and their customers with the right message. And so it allows you to say, hey, you know, I've got prospects in this industry. I want to send them these series of five emails after they take this particular action uh, with my company. And instead of having to do all those emails manually every time a person does that, you can just kind of set that up and it happens automatically. And so then you can get the right Engagement and conversions that you need to move those prospects down the buyer buyer's journey.
0: Now, I was talking to you before that we got on the mic that I have a background in sales, but from looking at your LinkedIn background, uh, you have a background in sales as well.
1: So, I, you know, in the in the early days in college, I did some sales work, but then I've basically been a marketing dork for a long, long time. My, it turns out I'm not a great salesperson, uh, largely because I'm a giant introvert. Uh, and so marketing suits me a little better because I I like to sit and look at spreadsheets and graphs and create lots of content, which works really well in the marketing industry. But I think what's interesting, though, we were talking about this, is like there's such a tight connection between marketing and sales. And to grow any business effectively, you have to execute... On your go-to-market, your marketing and sales together effectively well, and that's especially true in the oil and gas business. And so, when I when I think about this applies to how this applies to everybody listening today, it's like, wow. I think the oil and gas business has been dominated by great salespeople, and the opportunity to to grow to the next level in that industry really, I think, is about bringing on the right marketing partnerships with great salespeople to scale.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And then also the fact that sales has so much evolved, and marketing has evolved so much that I I almost don't even call marketing marketing anymore. It's more like macro selling, right? It's selling. You, tell, the, tell me more about that. Why, how, how do you define macro selling? Well, it's selling at a grand scale, right? So the fact that the fact that you just mentioned after someone takes an action on your website, then they can get these five emails, right? So having them take that action in and of, in and of itself, you're, you're closing a sale right there, right? Sign up for my email list. You're making a sale. Like that's, you're convincing someone to do something. And so when I, call, when I, when I think of macro selling and marketing, it's, it's the selling at scale. How do you get an entire market to move in a direction you want them to?
1: Yeah, and- you know, the way I've always described it for folks listening, it's like sales is hand-to-hand combat it's one to one interactions marketing is one to many marketing's how you get scale uh, sales is how you get efficiency because you need that one to one interaction to close big deals yes. and obviously in the oil and gas industry there are a ton of big deals it's not very it's not a small purchase transactional business it is a relationship driven sales process with a lot of high purchase consideration but man there's a lot that marketing can do to add into that and the one-to-one-to-many na- nature of marketing is really how you get scale and efficiency in your go-to-market.
0: Yeah, so let's let's break break down some of those those different ways that you can scale things out because um, just try to make it practical. Because the first thing that comes to mind is an email list, and I, I believe that your email list is the lifeblood of any business. But over and above building an email list, what are other ways that that businesses can be leveraging social tools and digital and things like HubSpot?
1: Yeah, so when I when I think about your job as a business owner, salesperson, as a marketer, if you're trying to grow on the marketing side of things, what you want to do is understand that the buyer's journey is very different. Even in very traditional industries, more and more of the buyer's journey is taking place through a research phase online and through word of mouth. They're asking their peers, and they're also doing – Uh, online research to see what the new best practices are, to see what the new leading products in a given uh, part of the market are. And so it first starts with having a website and having content that addresses some of those core issues of a buyer journey and product evaluation on your website. And then from there, having the right follow-up process at scale, right? If you're a salesperson, you just had a meeting, and you want to send a, send the right case study to that prospect, it would be really great if you had that automated and we just do it automatically for you after you know a day after you had that meeting as opposed to you having to go back, consolidate all of your notes, realize that you need to send these three different case studies to three different people and it does, they don't get it for a week and now that whole conversation you had with them is far less resonant than it was when it happened in the moment and they got that case study in the moment.
0: Yeah, I, I. it's funny. I was just listening to Mitch Joel's podcast last night and he was talking about this big stack of cards that he has on his desk that would be great if he could process and individually follow up with all those people. And I'm thinking, Mitch, don't you use Evernote? <laughs> you know, they have an app for that, you know, um, because I get, you know, that's an automated email that that Evernote sends out where I, you know, I, I digitize the card, I take a picture of it, and it automatically connects with the person on LinkedIn, automatically sends, co- sends an email with my contact information. And people reply to that as if I sent them that myself, right?
1: Well, yeah, because what they... What matters less is, in that case is actually the very specific words of that LinkedIn connection. It's that it happens, and it happens in a very timely way. We live in a society today where we're all bombarded with so many conversations, with so many products, with so many things coming our way that we need stuff to happen in the window that we're thinking about it. And you doing that allows you to just follow up with people more consistently and faster than ever before and that's why you get a ton of replies back to that
0: yeah and another thing you just mentioned about efficiencies and that is the the word of the day in the oil field because you know oil was over a hundred dollars a barrel it's dropped as low as 30 now it's around 50 right now but it's still you know it's still not but once we're at 60 70 that'll kind of be a break even for a lot of people but it, the industry is still still hurting downstream. Uh, I should say the people who get the, the the oil out of the ground. Downstream, the guys that manufacture everything with oil, they're making a ton of money because their feedstock is so much cheaper. But oh, yeah. regardless, efficiencies are so important in this industry. And how much more efficient could you get as a sales as a sales guy than to have things happening for you automatically, lead nurturing happening for you automatically, as opposed to having a you know, go and spend two hours in front of your computer and do it yourself every day.
1: Exactly. And the way you think about automation and technology, you're in the oil and gas industry, or really any industry, is like the job of computers are to do jobs that humans either don't want to do or aren't great at doing. And all of those things you just said are perfect examples of that. If you're a salesperson, you don't want to do that work. You want to go and you want to do the active act of selling. That is what a human is best designed for. So let's try to automate the actions in the periphery there and make selling the core priority and maximize the time to do that.
0: What's interesting as well is that you mentioned about people, more and more people doing their research phase online. And I think a year or even a year, two or even just a year ago, people in this industry would have, no, no, that doesn't happen. Our guys still reach out to us, but in the past, Six months. I've heard that from so many people, even really just um, old timers in the industry. I guess you could say, who are saying, you know, our 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 guys, our clients, they don't reach out to us anymore. They're you know they need an answer. They just find it online. And it's it's refreshing for me to hear <laughs> to hear people waking up to that reality. But can you talk a little bit more about that research phase?
1: Yeah, you know, when I think about it, is you know I'm. I'm atypical and then I am an introvert and I don't like to talk to people. So I love that I can get everything on demand, that I can get a bunch of questions answered without talking to humans. Uh, And I love web chat versus like phone support, anything like that, right? I I, I love all that. I think what's interesting is we're moving to a culture that is much more dependent on that. You know, I think that is like I have a son and what I don't want to do is be on the phone getting my questions answered for 30 minutes instead of spending time with him when I can just read something really quickly for a couple minutes or ask a, ask a chat pane a couple of questions and get get a, get some responses back. And I think that's the way everything's moving. And if you look more and more, the buyer's journey is moving more buyer-centric and less sales-centric, right? It used to be that if you were a salesperson, you controlled everything. And this is still more true in the oil and gas industry than it is in other industries, but it's going to change in the oil and gas industry as well, which was, if you were a salesperson, it's like, you control the price, you control the buyer references, you control the product information. If the buyer needed something, you were the gatekeeper, and you could make sure that he or she only got what you wanted them to receive. Now, that is just fundamentally not true. Most of the time, they can find all that information out online or through word of mouth through a peer group. And... That greatly changes the buyer journey, right? When you are a buyer for anything and you can have an online group or an offline group of peers where you can ask them, how much do you pay for this thing? Mm -hmm. What has your experience been with that? Then it's not about just being a great salesperson. It's then having great product, delivering it at a fair price, differentiating across, against your competition, which are all hard things to do. But we're moving more and more that direction because uh, of the way research and evaluation is changing online.
0: Yeah, and I would say as well that my, my co-host, Mark LaCour, he, he makes this point all the time. It's really just about solving problems. You have to be able to prove that you can solve the customer's problem. And if you can't, then you need to walk away. Um, but now that I've done, I've worked with him over the last couple of years. You know, he'll, he he says that his leads are eighty to ninety percent closed by the time they reach out to him.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I think the common stat that's out there is somewhere between sixty to seventy percent of the buyer journey now happens before they talk to a sales rep mm-hmm. uh, on average across the board. But there's definitely a lot of situations in which, man, a buyer's eighty ninety percent away there. It's it's up to a salesperson to take that last step of the journey.
0: Yeah, I always like to reference Marcus Sheridan, who, uh, of course, you know from HubSpot background. I'm a he's a friend of mine as well. Um, and he, I think it's 130 web pages that the average buyer on his for his website, the average person that comes to the, and buys a pool from them, has read 130 pages on their website.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, Because why wouldn't you want to have the information to make a good
0: freaking decision? Right, exactly, nobody exactly. Got,
1: nobody got fired when they were very thorough and investi- investigating a purchase and really well made a good decision. <laughs> People get fired when they get sold aggressively and don't do the diligence to understand the purchase that they're making.
0: So that's a really good point because then not only is marketing helping you in the front end as far as lead generation and everything. But with larger and larger sales, the the right kind of marketing is going to, is going to reinforce that relationship and that decision that the person made and cut down on your customer churn. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about
1: the oil and gas industry too, there's a lot of aspects to it, but a lot of aspects of it, that industry are, are in some ways commodities, right? And you know what matters in commodities, great service and great brands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and mar- marketing is how you build a great brand and marketing is how you accentuate customer experiences to showcase the fact that you have a great experience and a great customer experience and that customers are your fans and that customers are put- putting positive word of mouth into the world for you.
0: And also too, it's a cyclical thing. that of them thinking about it. I'm, I'm loving this, uh, but it's a cyclical thing because when oil prices were 100 plus a barrel and everyone was blowing and going, the service companies, they could charge whatever they wanted because it's just a matter of like, okay, who can get here and do this work right now? But since prices have dropped so much, service companies have had to drop all their prices. And so now they're all commoditized. All of their services have been commoditized, where in an up market, it's not that case. But especially right now, You know, I, I was just talking to, um, to a prospect the other day and he was saying about, you know, well, you should never cut on your marketing spend, you know, during a downtime and, and I'm, yeah, you know, the, the, the best way to, you know, to lose weight isn't to cut out your eyes. Right. Or actually in this case with marketing, it'd be, it'd be, you know, seal your mouth shut because you're just not talking about yourself at all. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's it's such a surprising thing to have all these revelations in this. So tell me about the CRM. How did you? For anybody that does that is listening, by the way, it's CRM is is client relationship management system. And so how did y'all decide? Because I think the CRM is came out in the last eighteen months, maybe. The, the
1: CRM is yeah eighteen to twenty four. I forget exactly, but it's it's sub two years old.
0: In so uh, what was the genesis of that idea within the organization?
1: So, again, it goes back to that idea of if you're going to run and grow a business today, you need a system of record. You need a system where all of your prospects and your customers live and where you know the ins and outs of your engagement with them. You know data about their company. You can connect that with your other systems to make the operations of the business actually go. And that, in today's world, is a CRM and we looked at it and we said man there's no great crm solution for our core market right now that is that's low cost and delivers kind of what we call a full box experience where you know you add a person to your crm and we auto populate a lot of the information around that person so you don't have to type in a bunch of manual notes that we automatically log your emails with that person so you don't have to remember to type the notes of your email into that system right And so for us, it's like wow. We thought there was a big opportunity there for the the small and mid-sized business market to really provide a great tool, but also to provide it at a a great price, at free, because we just felt like it was a foundational element to that. And we knew that if people adopted that software well, that they'd hope and find value of it, and they'd hopefully check out some of our other software on our paid sales products and our paid marketing products to help them get even more value out of their CRM.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious because I don't currently use HubSpot, although I've used it actually I successfully sold it into drilling info my last company I worked for. And so I, I'm still waiting on my commission from Allie, <laughs> Ali Powell. <laughs> but, no, I'm just joking. Um, but do this, uh, tell me about how the CRM and the marketing integrate once you're at that level.
1: Yeah. So, you know, fundamentally, if you have a mark, you talked earlier about your email list and how critical that was. Well, your email list is just you know, a, a segmentation of the data you have in your CRM. So our marketing product essentially solves a bunch of core problems. Once you have a CRM, what do you want? You want more leads in your CRM. Our marketing product does things like blogging, landing pages, social media, different things, it helps you get more leads in your CRM, and then helps you automate your engagement with those leads through email marketing. And so that's where those two really intersect and how they work really well together. They help you get more lead, the market product helps you get more leads in your CRM, then also helps you get more value out of the leads that you have in your CRM by helping you better engage with those folks.
0: Yeah, and and for me, I think the great thing about HubSpot is that y'all, um, you walk your talk in that you talk about educating and, and teaching people, and that's part of the sales process. And there is so much education that y'all do to help people. And I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is because if people listening to this, they might think, oh, man, you're talking digital, you're talking blogging and social media and all these other things. This is so overwhelming. But HubSpot, y'all make it so easy. It's, everything is a WYSIWYG of what you see is what you get. And, and it's like a Word document. You do, anybody can go in there and do this stuff. Yeah, we always, We've always wanted to build this technology for mere mortals,
1: what we call them, non-technical users, non-technical people. I'm not a programmer, I'm not a developer, but I can use all of our tools. Uh, and it's, our job is to help save people time. You don't save people time by making software that's hard to use, right? <laughs> right. You save time by, and you help them do work better and do work faster by making software that's very easy to use and does meaningful and important things
0: and so i'm i'm gonna go back to the something I mentioned at the beginning uh because I always like to go into this a little bit into your story because how did you become the chief marketing officer at at the one of the largest marketing companies in the u s uh
1: you know i wish I wish I had a great answer for you on that one turns out that you know i i think I'm just somebody who's deeply deeply passionate about marketing and sales and uh it's all-consuming in, in my life and I've, I've kind of lived that passion my whole life I was on the agency side of the world before I came to HubSpot awesome experience and and now being here you know for for me it's like my job here was just to continue to solve big important problems and as I as I attacked a, a problem I got a new one and then I kind of continued the the journey on taking on bigger and bigger problems working with more and more people and uh, they somehow let me, uh, you know, make all the marketing decisions here now. I'm not sure what they're thinking. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Would people hire me? So it's it's perfectly understandable, <laughs> perfectly understandable. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: we have an amazing team, amazing company, amazing leadership team.
0: Uh, it's it's
1: an honor that they 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 let me be part of the crew
0: yeah yeah it's an honor to uh to to be interviewing you here and the question that i'm thinking now is that so we're coming you know into the end of you know, q4 2016 um obviously we'll we'll touch on inbound in a moment but what are some of those big problems that you're looking at solving in 2017
1: oh that's a great question um 2017 is going to be a, a wild wild and fun year uh and the reason twenty seventeen is going to be a wild, and fun year for folks listening. If you're a marketing nerd like me, there's going to be a bunch of changes in the the marketing industry. Uh, you have things like Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram continuing to grow and scale. You have things like virtual and augmented reality that will start to become more and more a part of our daily lives. And just how we inter- interact with each other and interact with technology is going to change a lot. How we discover information. You know, I ask my Amazon Alexa in my kitchen now a lot more questions than I ask Google these days. Mm. And just means our behaviors and our habits are changing. And so how buyers are going to be researching is going to change significantly. And so I think 2017 is about understanding what those changes are and, and Help providing marketing and sales people the tools they need to do it.
0: You you just mentioned the is it's Alexa? Is that Amazon's product?
1: That- Amazon uh, Amazon's product is the Echo. The Echo uh, but, uh, virtual assistant's name is Alexa. Oh, and okay. <laughs> in Echo, she's embedded in their Fire TV device. She's kind of embedded across uh, a bunch of the Amazon products.
0: You got it. So so the Echo. I'm thinking about how you could even apply a technology like that in the field. If you are, I don't know, a drilling engineer um, who is looking at a problem on a drill bit to be able to have a little pod sitting there, and you just ask it, you know, different questions um, on the fly, there's there's so many applications to this new technology, and and some of these things are starting to happen with uh, it's. We 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 can't call it what it is, in in the rest of the world it's the Internet of Things, in in this industry it's the digital oil field, but there cool. are so many more more opportunities in the in that's in that area to to really really make things unbelievably efficient and i was very interested to hear your your um your virtual reality thoughts because you there was some interesting things you were saying over on the marketing over over coffee podcast
1: yeah you know i, I think people listening to this are like what the heck is this guy talking to i don't give a crap about virtual reality uh but you will, you will a long time, uh, not too distant from now. I think virtual reality has a lot of practical implications in the field, right? There are a lot of work that's being done in virtual reality to solve problems in a 3D virtual environment uh, in ways that, you know, might be underground and really hard to assess, but you can recreate a model of that virtually and then kind of immerse yourself in that and solve a problem with a pipeline or with well, or with something, right? Uh, which will be a massive change to how we solve problems as people, which is awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, I think the possibilities there are are going to be endless and uh, really going to impact our lives in a way that a lot of us probably aren't thinking about it right now.
0: I'm thinking about it. I need to get more people thinking about it. I'm glad that you joined us um, to to help in that journey. Tell us about Inbound, because um, everybody knows that on this on these .5 episodes, I'm always doing my best Alec Baldwin impression. I hear he's coming to your Inbound marketing? Yeah, so so people
1: are listening. Here in a few weeks, uh, the second week of November, starting on November 8th, we're ho- hosting an event in Boston called Inbound, and that's our event for marketing and salespeople to come, gather together, uh, experience a bunch of great instructional content over 250 sessions over the course of the week around all the different topics uh, around digital marketing, sales, best practices, all things you want to know to really help grow and scale your business. And uh, we'd love, love, love to have anybody who uh, could make it join us at the Boston Convention and uh, and Expo Center. You can go to inbound.com to get the full agenda. If you are very curious on who's speaking, we are very excited to have uh, some cool keynotes with Alec Baldwin. Anna Kendrick, Serena Williams, Michael Strahan, lots lots of great people coming to
0: hang out with us in Boston. So that's that's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> that's worth the price of admission right there. Man, I cannot wait. Um, I, I've I've still got to make my way up to inbound. I know uh, previously mentioned Marcus Sheridan is there every year. Um, so anybody listening, come on. Yeah, anybody, Please. go ahead.
1: No, let's it's make it happen. We got to get you up to Boston.
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll talk about it off the mic. Um, so yeah, so everybody check out inbound.com, check out HubSpot, get the free CRM and uh, and and help help Kip keep his job since he's so underqualified. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I appreciate it. I think the takeaway here is for people listening is, wow, that buyer's process and buyer's journey is going to continue to change a lot. And you need to make sure you have the right strategy as well as the right technology to support the long-term growth of, of your business. Love and it. In, invest in the education now to make sure that you've got the right term, long-term strategy.
0: It's perfect. Perfect summary. Thank you so much, Kip. Thanks, James. Appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to this 0.5 episode of the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by Bulwark. You can find the show notes for this episode including all of Kip's contact information and details on HubSpot's inbound marketing conference at triberocket.com forward slash HubSpot. You can also leave any comments or questions you have about this episode there. And that's triberocket.com forward slash HubSpot. Join us again next time when we talk to another fascinating guest about how their work is shaping the work of the greatest industry on earth. Until then, go find some grease guys.